All right. Welcome to Pincha Millennial's first podcast. Hi, folks. My name is Amanda Miguel, and today we're doing our first podcast featuring... My name is Nick Ochoa. I'm one of Amanda's friends. Uh, we met in college, and we're both politically oriented, specifically engaged young millennials of a third culture. Absolutely. Yep. That's us. We're just wanting to bring these critical conversations to not only millennials, but our pinche millennials, those that are existing in this interesting space where our parents may or may not speak English. Uh, we are may or may not be more formally educated, but we're all coexisting and we have a unique perspective to today's society. I'm not sure what to call it right now, um, but First things first, we kind of just wanted to start this conversation, bring in more voices, and discuss what's really been prevalent at top of mind, which is voting. Voting. That's right. As as um, a Latinx person in the U.S. today, I've recognized growing up all my life that there's been a void of diverse voices in the media I've consumed, mm. the education I've received, and what I see on the news. Um, so Amanda invited me to team up with her, join her endeavor to spread knowledge, to share our perspectives as Latinx um, young millennial people in this society, in this culture. We're part of the culture. So we want to share our perspectives, reach people who are like-minded like us, um, and also spread information for people who may not come from a Latinx background, who may be immigrants, who may be longtime residents or multi-generational Americans. Mm. Um, we just want to make we want to help do our part to make government and politics more accessible and easy to understand and to grasp and join in. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> we, we won. We have full-time jobs. Um, this is something that we're doing on our free time and just, you know, as civic engagement should be, you are simply, this, this is just part of your everyday life. And so making it accessible, right. giving it a, a, a unique perspective and yeah, Nick and I are really excited. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get started. This is gonna be one of our evergreen podcasts that you can always reference. This is all about voter registration. So Nick, do you wanna kick us off? Why are we talking about voter registration today? Yeah, well, um, some of us may or may not know that the election is about a month away. There's a couple things you need to do before you can vote. In an ideal world, we would be able to show up at the polls and just say, hey, this is my name, and I would like to cast my ballot for X person or X reasons, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But the way our system works is that most states require voters register in advance of an election. And that's whether it's the presidential election like we have this year, or a municipal election in your city, which happens at various schedules, or a state election. And so it's really important for any one of us who wants to have our voice heard at the polls by voting to register to vote ahead of time. So that when we get to our polling station on election day, or early voting, or voting by mail, as the case may be. Mm -hmm. Our election officials are aware, okay, this person exists in our system. This person is able to vote and is allowed to vote. Sure, we can take your vote. Amanda, come step through, let's take your ballot, and let's hear what you have to say. So it's important to register ahead of time. There are various deadlines, which we'll get to in a minute. You, uh, some states allow you to just go in person day of. Many other states do not. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. To prepare for that, that voter registration period is is now and kind of the urgency about wanting to get this out 
to uh, basically this week is because those initial deadlines are approaching and they're approaching quickly. So before, you know, you head off for the weekend, um, you know, hang up your, your, I don't know if you even have work clothes anymore, work shoes. <laughs> I'm just going to say your, whatever Zoom shirt you're wearing for work, um, <laughs> where you hang that up. Uh, just just double check that you're registered to vote. Like Nick said, Nick, nearly every state has uh, different uh, registration requirements, and they're all varied. And we're both coming from different states. I am here in California. And I'm on the East Coast, uh, spending my time between D.C. and Maryland. Um, and I'm originally from Texas, so we're going to try to include California, Texas, and a couple other states for those of you listening, wherever you may be. Speaking of deadlines, what are like the earliest voter deadlines like who who is the first one that we really should be reaching yeah so the first thing i think is important to know is that any one of us can register to vote at any time in our lives um after you turn 18 the legal voting age mm. you can if you turn 18 in february for example you can register to vote then you don't have to wait for the month before an election to put your name on the voting rolls you can register literally any time and but the reason we're talking about deadlines now is because states cease registration before an election so that they can get to the business of running the polls. So this is why we um, have deadlines. Uh, various states have whatever their capacities may be. So some of the earliest deadlines for various states um, are October 3rd, which is Saturday, I believe. And that's the deadline. That's the last time you can register in some of those states. For example, um, we have Alaska and South Carolina. They have the earliest deadlines to register before the general election this year, and that's October 3rd. What is, um, what is that? So, people can remember October 3rd, right? Because of <laughs> Mean Girls. <laughs> She's like, on October 3rd, he asked me what day it was. It's October 3rd. That's right. <laughs> that's what we're going to tell folks. Okay. Um, and it's pretty convenient because that is a Saturday. So for um, many people who get their errands done during the week and like to have their weekends off to spend with their family, you might have travel plans. I don't know what coronavirus has done for your life these days. Um, but the weekend is it's pretty it's a pretty good deadline to have, okay, I've got four more days. I can get this done during the week, during a lunch hour, during a fifteen mm -hmm. minute. I mean, it takes very it's very quick to register um, to check your status online. You mm -hmm. can just Google how am I registered to vote? And depending on your location, Google will suggest, okay, well, your state has this database to check, type in your name, John Doe. John Doe, you are registered to vote. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are, great, no more action necessary. If you're not, then that's what we're getting into now. For sure. And I, I mean, as you mentioned, because each state runs their own elections, I think this is important for people to know too, right? You know, California, we have our secretary of state. Each state has their corresponding secretary. And so the, the, their main job, you know, along with others, is to ensure a fair election. So because of that in mind, that's why you, um, you know, these different dates are in play because each state handles it a very different way because the state of California, um, I, I, you know, one of the, one of our earlier uh, Pinch Millennial videos covered like the three ways to vote. And, you know, we, we found that some states are just strictly universal mail-in ballots. They're like, we just send our ballots out because they're small enough or they already had this in place. Um, you know, so th those are like really cool things and people don't may or may not understand or realize is that each state kind of has their own history with how they collect their votes and 
um, you know, what their voters are used to. So this whole conversation of expanding mail-in ballots, um, you know, people think they're like, that's wild, but that's, it's called absentee ballots. <laughs> this right. is existing protocol that our military uses, that our expats who are living abroad use. Uh, Amanda just mentioned every state has its own rules. And some of us may be thinking, well, that's crazy. We're voting for president. That's a national election. Why does each state have its own decisions and rules yeah. and guidelines? The answer to that is that it's actually in the Constitution, in the first article of the Constitution, quote, the times, places, and manner of elections shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature. So the Constitution says each state legislature decides the manner, place, uh, and times of elections. So maybe Nebraska decide you can all vote by mail, but Hawaii says we're not going to allow that. And it, it's literally just up to every state legislature. So we, Amanda in California, has a different rule than I do on the East Coast. And that's, that's part of why we're doing this, because there's so many fractured mm. rules that it's important to get as much information out as possible. There's not one central go-to, I'm registered, done across the country. And so because each state sets their own rules, uh, the requirements vary. Some states may require a driver's license. Some may just go on a social security number or tax ID if you don't have a social security number. Some states may require showing a bill, a utility bill registered to an address. Um, and so that those, those details can be looked up, uh, just a simple Google voter registration name of your state. Um, it may take, I hope, we've, we've each Googled a bit on some of the states and some of them require a little more digging, unfortunately, uh, but uh, some do not. And you can just do a quick Google, check the first five or six links to see what your state requires. Um, I know in DC, you need to prove residence in some way. So that can be uh, my gas bill, my water bill, my lease, or my driver's license. Any one of those is sufficient. Some states have more aggressive, uh, more stringent requirements where you need to show two proofs of ID, maybe a passport, a driver's license, or student ID. Um, some states don't allow student ID. So the yeah. answer to your question, Amanda, is there's so many different requirements. It depends yeah. on your state where you're living. Yeah. And like practically speaking, you know, think about it. I'm like utility bill, utility bill, utility bills, leases, you know, we're talking about kind of like older folks, right? Like at, you know, at 18, 18, I was probably the first six months of 18, I was living at home and then I was off to college. So I had to figure out how to register to vote, how to send in an absentee ballot because I went to school out of state. Um, you know, so for first time voters or even young voters, which often sometimes are the same, um, you know, this student ID, like what kind of ID have they already had um, to to be ready to register, right? So I, I can share a personal experience at 16. The day I turned 16, I had already done my driver's ed course in high school. Uh, so on my 16th birthday, I had my parents take me to go get my license and that was it. Took my picture because I had got like a A plus or whatever, you know, you, yeah. you pass, <laughs> you're like, you just go pick it up. Um, and, and it was like a rite of passage in my high school. We we're like, who's got their, you know, their driver's oh, license, awesome. right? But I feel like sometimes that's not always the case. I think of like all the folks who don't really drive at 16. I think of like LA folks at 16 don't drive. They sometimes they mostly take the bus. Folks in New York, you know, none of you Definitely. know have not driving around. So getting that identification, whether state issued or through their school, 
it's, I think some of them are so crazy that you have to have like your signature. I was like, my student ID didn't have my signature. I think it was in one of the right. states I was looking up. So just it's, it's different. Um, and, and thinking of all the different barriers that could be potential for young voters or new voters for that matter. Um, you know, being, re being ready to register is also like, you know, takes, takes some thinking through if it's your first time or you have moved. Yeah. And it takes a bit of encouragement too. Um, I have a younger brother who this is his first election. This is his first time being able to vote, uh, which I'm very excited about. And he's sometimes excited about it, sometimes not. But uh, <laughs> it literally took me asking him more than once, hey, are you registered to vote? Are mm -hmm. you going to vote this election? Do you have a plan? What's going on? And so the first time he ignored me, he's like, he's in college, so he's got other things on his mind. Yeah. Uh, but when I followed up the second time, he was like, okay, no, you're right. I should do it. Okay. And then he asked, how can I do it? Mind you, this is a, you know, a young person who's got a cell phone in his pocket and all the digital skills that yeah. digital natives grew up with. Um, but even still, it's a daunting task. He, he doesn't know what this world is. He doesn't, he's unfamiliar with voting patterns and registration and all that. So he asked me. Um, and it took me to, okay, find out his state. Where is he going to vote? How can he register? I, I had to do some Googling. So it takes a little bit of work. Uh, but in my opinion, mm -hmm. you can't, it's responsible to do some work to participate in this democracy, to do your homework, to make sure you're doing the right thing so that your voice gets heard, so that your vote gets counted. Um, so for, uh, I just Googled right now, yep. California voter registration, and Google sent me to the California Secretary of State. Uh, and there's a link application to register to vote. Go to the first screen. It asks, am I a U.S. citizen? Am I a member of the Armed Uniformed Services? Am I a U.S. citizen residing outside of the U.S.? There's a number of questions. So check the appropriate one that applies to you. There's next. Um, and then you verify your age. Are you 18 or older? Do you want to pre-register? Which is really cool. I didn't know states allowed you to pre register when you're 16 years old that's great uh, oh. like i said california i think shocker has their <laughs> so i'm doing a, a quick uh online voter application for illinois yeah. disclaimer i am not applying to vote in illinois because i do not live there i'm doing it for the purposes of this podcast yeah <laughs> um so it asks this question are you the right age are you the age that's eligible means you're eligible to vote do you want to register as a new voter um, or change anything about your registration. Something important is when you move states, when you change addresses within the same state, when you change your name, these are all reasons that should prompt you to review your voter registration or to change it. Uh, so if someone gets married and changes their last name, you will need to update the state so that they are aware uh, that when you go to the polls, you're no longer the person by the previous name. You now have a new name and you won't get disqualified because your name's changed. So you do that by registering it. Um, likewise for your address. If you move from one side of town to the next side of town, or even a different suburb, you will need to register in that new place because the who you can vote for depends very much precisely on where you live. Mm -hmm. um, if I live in El Paso, Texas, I will be voting for different people than if I live in Austin, Texas. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so if I were to move from El Paso to Austin, I should update the state register, the state uh, secretary of state to say, hey, I don't live in El Paso anymore. I'm not going to vote there. I yep. care about what's happening in Austin. I will vote now in Austin. Uh, so that's an extreme example within a big state. But if even within your neighbor, within within one city or within one region, you should re uh, revise your registration as you move or change your name or big life changes like this. Yeah, I had a number of family members uh, actually move during this COVID period. And I'm like, oh, update your registration. And uh, they're like, we're, we're taking care of it. Um, I think my mom had hers taken care of it, but my sister was having issues. I think she she had filled out the form incorrectly or something. She was like, I'm having trouble. I was like, I was like, get on it. I was like, let me see how I can help you. She's like, oh, okay. I talked to them. I had something, I had to fix this and now we're good. And I was like, you know, so just even even I get super nervous and I know, I think I've checked like twice my own registration, even though I just filled in my primary uh, for the primaries and I was like, I haven't moved or anything, but having, I've, I've definitely been someone who has casted, casted, who's cast, um, provisional ballots, which isn't mm -hmm. really in this podcast, but um, it essentially, it became provisional as in kind of like temporary because I had just changed my name and they're like, oh, you're a new person. I was like, well, I let you know that. So, so they just have right. to double check. But so they're just, this is where, you know, the integrity of your vote is super um, protected. There are so many systems in place to ensure that you and only you um, registered here at this address with your name, you know, is in fact casting their vote. So just to let you know that that is something that has many checks and balances. And I'm really excited because I'll be a poll worker this year. And That's great. Um, yeah, I'm like super excited. I was like, what can I wear? What can I, you know, what can I say? <laughs> yeah. Am I supposed to stop people from taking pictures? I was like, I can't wait for my like five hour training and then an additional, I don't know what, how many hour training. I was like, well, this is what I signed up for. So, um, well, that's fun. exciting. I mean, that, that's yeah. really great, um, especially during these times where, I mean, I remember as long as I've been aware of voting stations and registering, mm. going to the polls, mm -hmm. I, I have been aware that there's always older people who are working the polls. And I, when I was younger, I'd like, oh, but it's like my grandma's neighbor, my grandma's Vijita neighbor who lives three doors down, who's like helping people to register or whatever. Um, but that's always been a part of my voting experience is older people working the polls, a lot of senior citizens, a lot of elder people, um, which is great. They're doing their part to help us vote. However, because of coronavirus, that same population, many people in that same population are vulnerable to exposure, vulnerable to infection. And so it totally makes sense that a lot of them are saying, no, I don't feel safe going to the polls or working and being around a bunch of people who are coming in and out. So Mm. Um, I think it's great, Amanda, that you brought up that you, as a younger person, are picking up the, the picking up the the baton. It's like a relay, yes. you know. So they had the baton for a number of years, and now they pass it to you, and it's your turn to run with it. It's our turn as young people to register to be a poll worker, because in addition to voting, you can also staff the polls. You can, you know, tell a voter, okay, come this way. Your voting booth is there. Here's your ballot. What's your name? Whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm currently in the uh, struggling with the registration to be a poll worker, mm -hmm. P-O-L-L -L worker. Um, it, it, I recently moved states, so it's yep. difficult registering and all this jazz. Yeah, especially if you are bilingual, you know, this is really helpful in L.A. County. 
uh, I believe it was like up to upwards of like 13 different languages um, wow. that we provide our ballots. So uh, yeah, I was like, I know Spanish is the most prevalent second language spoken, not just in LA or California, but also in the United States. But, you know, diversifying the, the poll workers and how they can support um, just, right. by, you know, folks that are bilingual speak a second, even third language would be awesome. Um, yeah, and especially when you think about the history of voting is in this country is that many people were excluded from voting because they did not speak English or did not speak English well enough. Right. Um, and there's a whole complicated history, unfortunate history of bar stopping preventing people from voting because they didn't speak the right accent the right language the right way so amanda bringing up that there's 13 languages or whatever it is in california to vote that's great you can help your vietnamese mother mm -hmm. go vote and if you speak vietnamese for example well think about all the other vietnamese speaking voters that you could reach if you're there um, so then that, that's a great effort that california has done to expand the right to vote to people who, by all means, should have a say in the way our country and their own country is run as well. Yep, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think we had uh, referenced a lot of ways to register to vote online. Is this also possible that they can do it through the mail or, you know, if they don't have a computer? What, what, are, what are some other options as well? Yeah, some, some states allow online voting, uh, registration, excuse me. Some require you to go in person to register. Mm -hmm. Some require you to do it by mail. Um, I know I called, um, I, I called the state registration, like their, their phone number, I actually called and said, hey, I'm moving to the state. How can I register to vote? I don't wanna rely on your internet. I'd rather just call the Secretary of State's office right away. And they said, okay, we will physically mail you an application to register to vote. What's your address? Which I gave to them. And that was about three weeks ago. Mm. Uh, three weeks later, I'm still waiting on that application for voter registration. So it's imperfect. States mm -hmm. are really busy. It's pretty hectic right now. Yeah. Um, which is why we, we should encourage register as early as possible. If your deadline's in two weeks, do it now. Yep. Uh, Amanda was saying her family had questions. Well, if you have questions on the deadline, you may not be able to, you know, push your application through right before that deadline. So do it in advance. Speaking of barriers, I mean, we can't talk about all the barriers on this episode because it's a lot, but... That's a whole season, girl. The whole season. When it comes to, you know, just registering to vote, the application, whether in person, online, these, you know, all of these considerations, they help us to learn from them right so you were mentioning yeah. how like california is you know we we do have a number of protections which one of them it also includes is same day voter registration so i wanted to highlight that you know i think it's only like 21 states allow yeah. for same day voter registration so that means you know this is not even half of the states but if worse comes to worse you miss the deadline Check to see if you have same-day voter registration because then you can be prepared to do that either during the early voting days, which I think on average, I think it was like 41 states offer early voting options, which could be like the weekend before. So, you know, election days on a Tuesday. 
Uh, you can get the weekend before, a week before. Here in California, they're selling their ballots out like next week. Like it's coming out super early. So we have basically our voting month in, in California is October. <laughs> We're going to be all done by the 3rd. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure folks yeah. get to go out as soon as it comes in the mail. Uh, because California also vote, uh, sent all of our uh, ballots uh, by mail so that you it, it's the first yeah. option that you can take and then either bring it early, send it back by mail, bring it early to an early voting site or um, bring it on day of. So just, yeah, yeah. so many different projections. And what Amanda mentioned, you mentioned just a second ago is you're encouraging your family members to send in their ballots as soon as possible. Um, and now there's a ton of, chatter in the media on the news on twitter everywhere you look or hear or read about voting by mail and many states are like trying to catch up with allowing much many more people than before to vote by mail so because of some slowdowns in the postal service recently if you do get anything by mail your your application to vote your voter registration or your actual ballot don't delay I was like, and if you um, haven't seen the whole movement to support uh, <laughs> the U.S. Postal Service, uh, buy stamps. You know, some yeah. some states pay for your ballot. You don't have to put any stamp on it, like California. Sorry, I keep tooting our horn here, but we have so many protections <laughs> here in California to ensure a very democratic um, and fair election. Uh, I don't know if that's true for all states. So, yeah, part of this you know, being engaged uh, is, yeah, getting, going out and buying some stamps, y'all. I know I have some, uh, some fruit ones, and I think I have, what was the other ones? I've had, like, the love ones. I was like, yeah. we sent some love. <laughs> There's, they're selling even Christmas stamps right now, if that's what you want to celebrate and put on your Christmas stamps or Hanukkah stamps. Um, I got stamps that have Sally Ride, the first, I believe she's the first female astronaut in space, um, and she's, on a stamp. That's great. I have stamps with Lena Horne, the artist celebrating Black heritage. There's like a ton of collections. They're really cool. Um, yeah. I'm kind of old school. I like sending things by mail. So putting a Lena Horne stamp or a Harvey Milk stamp is, is neat. Anyway, if that's your vibe, if you can afford it, if you're able to buy stamps, do it. Yes, please. Awesome. Um, to, to get back to um, same day and election day registration, I have here a map from the National Conference of State Legislatures. So they're plugged into the mm -hmm. houses of representatives and Senate for each of the states. Um, and they have here a graphic in states that have same day registration. So where you can register on the day you vote, uh, include Florida, Georgia, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Kansas, Oklahoma, Indiana, Illinois. And some states are like working their way towards that, but don't have it yet in effect. Mm. Um, so because every again because every state sets their guidelines and rules and priorities it varies mm -hmm. i just got to vote.org mm -hmm. which has a list of early voting by state nice so alabama for example does not have early vote early voting and speaking of alabama alabama is one of the states that is has the fastest growing state latino population so the few hispanics uh, like uh yeah, the top five are like South Dakota, Tennessee, South Carolina, Alabama, uh, and, you know, and Kentucky. And so I think I checked these states and all of them do not have early voting. Um, but we have a growing, 
one of the fastest growing Latino populations there. So I think uh, this is probably going to call into, you know, the need for reforms um, so that folks have more options. Because, sorry, this is like the last thing. I know this was, this was running a little long, but one of the big, big things about only voting on the day of is that means it's a certain amount of hours. It means if your state doesn't give you paid time off to go vote, like two hours off your day to go and do your civic duty, um, then you are working around your work schedule. So when do you, you know, when do you, what, what, what happens to like the nurses who have yeah. those six, like they can't get out of that 16 hour shift, right? And that's all of the hours that they're available. Those are like legitimate concerns when right. you have such a limited amount of time to go vote. That's the case in your state. And unfortunately, it's a catch-22 because states that find themselves in the bind Amanda just described may not have the representation in their state legislatures mm -hmm. to change those rules, to say, what about the nurses? What about the people mm -hmm. who work at the restaurants and the bars who can't take a day off, who can't get you know, 2 p.m. go vote? Yep. Um, so it is a catch-22 because without those voters, you can't get the representation. Without the representation, you can't get access to those voters mm -hmm. by changing the rules. So it's this whole convoluted. Um, some states like Arizona offer early voting 27 days before the election. So if you're a nurse in Arizona and you work 24-hour shift or 17-hour shift or 12 um, on election day, well, you're in luck because you can vote 27 days before election day. Yeah, yeah, and I'm loving it. I, I, when I learned about all of the different um, reforms we have here in California, I was like, man, that's so awesome. You know, like it's just making it more and more inclusive. So, um, and, 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 and that's the goal, y'all. We, we, me and Nick are doing this because we want y'all to really understand the system as it is and then hopefully move the system as it should be. And that is more inclusive, more diverse, more reflective of who, who all lives here. <laughs> and so we'll go into right. depth on yeah. what that all looks like in numbers and lived experiences and whatnot. But this is our first episode on voter registration featuring Nick Ochoa, who's going to be our regular podcast hey, co-host. Co -host? <laughs> Okay, uh, I'm excited for that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I've been following Amanda's Beach to Millennial videos online for a bit and just got really excited by hearing her perspective and her voice and thinking like, yeah, or I, there's not a lot of voices like this. There's not these perspectives who are getting the word out and sharing knowledge that is not otherwise accessible to some populations. So um, just talking with Amanda and she seemed interested in having another voice and I thought oh this is great I could jump onto her bandwagon um I hope everyone listening jumps on this bandwagon and shares it too because uh, <laughs> it's just super important that we're included that we have our voices heard because we are part of this country part of this experiment in democracy and we have every right so we are and with that if there's nothing else we'll go ahead and sign off all right, y'all. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you later.